Welcome to the UK Travel Planning Podcast. Your host is the founder of the UK Travel Planning website, Tracy Collins. In this podcast, Tracy shares destination guides, travel tips, and itinerary ideas, as well as interviews with a variety of guests who share their knowledge and experience of UK travel to help you plan your perfect UK vacation. Join us as we explore the UK from cosmopolitan cities to quaint villages, from historic castles to beautiful islands, and from the picturesque countryside to seaside towns. Hi, and welcome to the UK Travel Planning Podcast. This week, Doug and I are both here. Hello. (laughs) To chat about our favourite experiences from our trip to the UK this summer. Um, So it was pretty difficult. Uh, We're down to 10, wasn't it? It was very, very difficult. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It took us a a while to do it. And we've chosen experiences um, because obviously we talk a lot about destinations, but we want to talk about actually the experience of that you can have at some of these destinations and the experiences themselves. Um, So the first one we both agreed on, didn't we? We did, yeah. It was uh, St. Michael's Mount in Cornwall. Yes, so St. Michael's Mount is a tidal island based off the south coast of Cornwall, and you have to book to go there It's uh, and pay to go over to the island. If you book while obviously the the, the sea is out, um, you can walk across the causeway to the island, but if the sea is in, which it was the day that we went, you have to catch a boat, which is all part of the experience. And I would highly recommend, if you can, that if depend on the tides, because obviously that's what you've got to go about when by when you book, you can get the boat over and walk back on the causeway, which is exactly what happened the day that we went. That's right. We we also should say we're incredibly lucky with the weather. It was um, it wasn't windy. It was a lovely hot summer's day. It was. It was a very very lovely day. And uh, so when we got across to the island, we because it was quite early when we went, we we did go to the island cafe, had a cup of tea and a croissant um, before we set off to explore the island. So it's not huge, um, but one one uh, part I would absolutely encourage everybody to buy tickets to go to. When you do need a ticket, is the terraced garden, which is something incredible. Incredibly special. Yeah, they've got the, um, it's unusual for the UK, they've got Mediterranean um, type plants and uh, cactus plants. I yeah, think those yeah well, wasn't I think it? so, yeah. But it's just not plants, um, vegetation to expect in the UK. No, and the views across to Marazian and just the views across to the sea are really spectacular, especially if you go on a on a beautiful sunny day, which we did. Um, and you, you actually walked up to the um, house castle, didn't you? Yes, I walked all the way up. I was quite fortunate because I was on my own. I ended up talking to a, a, an English family with their two boys, and they sort of adopted me for for an hour. And so we, I just we, we walked walk, walk together. Yeah, it was, a, it was a lovely experience. They were very friendly. I think um, I think they were staying. I think they were staying in all, all their uh, two week vacation. They were staying in Cornwall. Ah, oh, okay. And that was the one item that they were looking forward to as much as anything else. I think it's a real bucket list uh, destination for many visitors to the UK and um, definitely highly recommend it. You do have to book in advance. Do check the tides. I will put some photographs on um, of St. Michael's Mountain the day that we visited. Um, And I I would really recommend, if you can, to get the boat over the boat back, because obviously whichever way, and and walk one way. Um, It was lovely because you just walk, when you, you park your car, walk along the beach. Um, to a meeting point, and there's lots of boats. It takes about five minutes in the boat to get yourself over to the island. It does. And what was really good about the, um, the boat trip, you went slightly away from um, from the island, so you got views that you mm. might not usually see. That's it, spectacular views. And, and we also had a, a little dog in our boat, didn't we? 
it did. <laughs> it, it was um, it was it wasn't um, guests going across with a dog. It was the boat owner, the boat owner, yeah, dog, boat yeah. owner. Yeah. So again, it was just a lovely experience and something that you you know I look back on. So while Doug went up to the castle, I have to say I just sat on the grass and enjoyed the weather and the views, and which the ice cream. was and the nice cream. Yes, that's <laughs> absolutely. So the the our second favorite experience when we're in the UK was to go on the Jacobite train. So now we're going all the way from Cornwall all the way up to the Highlands of Scotland to Fort William. Um, The Jacobite train is well known as also um, the Harry Potter train. So the the train that takes you to Hogwarts and across the Glenfinnan Viaduct. So again, this is an experience which you have to book in advance. In fact, I booked in November for May because it gets fully booked. We went over first class, didn't we? So it was a lovely, lovely experience. Oh, it was it was so special being Harry Potter fans as well and a big train fan and a steam train fan. At that. Yes. It ticked so many boxes. And you didn't tell me you were booking it, did you? No, it was a bit of a <laughs> it was a surprise, yes. Um and the weather wasn't the best on that day. So we did that in May, I think it was about something like May the twenty third. We did that. We were in Scotland sure. and we did have the weather in Scotland in May unusually was was quite rainy. But the day that we went, it was still spectacular. The views were amazing. And um, so basically you get on the train at Fort William. It's a return trip. So it takes you all the way through to um, Maleg or Maleg. And when you get there, you have about two hours, I would say two hours there. Make sure that you head straight to have uh, one of the restaurants for lunch because they do get busy because everybody gets off the train. Um, you have about two hours. You can go on a little boat trip. Um, from the harbour as well. I think they they also run at the same time, obviously, to coincide with the train. Um, spend a couple of hours there, and then you do the return back to Fort William. So, obviously, you're crossing the Glenfinnan Viaduct twice. Yeah, and what um, a little tip for that one is we bought the early train, and the train runs twice daily. Um, on the sec- By the time the second train goes out, we've already got off the train, got into our car, and we drove back to Glenfinnan Viaduct. And we went to the viewing points, and so we could actually film and uh, take photos of the the next service going over the viaduct from a different viewpoint. And so I kind of stood below looking up at the viaduct, and um, I think I thought I was being a bit lazy this holiday. Yeah. And then you you actually walked up to the hill up above. You were talking to an American couple, I, weren't you? Yes, I, <laughs> I met um, a lovely couple from uh, from America. After about 10 minutes talking to them, I felt like I'd known them my whole life. <laughs> they were such a lovely, engaging couple. and we found so much common ground, not just the Jacobite uh, and Scotland, but oh, it's just a lovely experience. So we waited the train for about an hour, yeah, and it seemed like it was two minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, and then it was raining on and off as oh, well. It was cold, but it's Scotland. I was glad that <laughs> I had I had my rain jacket because I was kind of standing on my own underneath the viaduct. But I got some <laughs> really good video and some really good. Uh, photos and it's really special when you've been in, on that train in the morning to then see it in the afternoon um so and we often get asked in our uk and london travel planning facebook community whether it's worth it and i would say 100 percent it's worth it we it, it was to say it's number two on our list of experiences from when we were over in the uk um and i know i have not heard anybody say that you know, they didn't they didn't thoroughly enjoy it and i have to say that the scenery and views are spectacular and it um, covers age ranges yeah, and so yeah. many different interests. It ticks so many boxes for so many different people. Everybody was just having a great time. Yeah, and so the next, okay, we're going from now, the Highlands of Scotland, we're going back down to England um, and somewhere that I've been wanting to go to for quite a long time and Doug's also a fan of Downton Abbey. So we went to Highclere Castle. 
unfortunately the day that we went there happened to be the day um, in the UK when it was 42 degrees this uh, summer. So it was extremely hot. But Highclere was another highlight, a, an excellent experience. Um, we actually drove there um, and um, the, the car park is right next to the, the castle. So you don't have very far to walk. And it's all on the flat as well. So anybody with any mobility issues, find it a bit difficult. It's just so easy. Yeah, it was it was really enjoyable. And then um, you go on, on a part of it is to go on a tour of the house. Um, and if you're a Downton Abbey fan, it's magical. Now, you can't take photographs in there because obviously it is a, it is a private house as well. But they have got stills of the TV series and the movies. So um, in each of the rooms, and obviously the rooms just look exactly like they do in Downton Abbey. Um, and it was it was great to kind of go, oh, I remember when this, this scene happened there or that scene. So it, that was a very special experience. And it was a very, very hot day. So we did sit underneath. There's lots of lovely trees you can sit under. So we sat under trying to eat rapidly melting ice cream because <laughs> it was really, really hot. Yeah. Um, but again, and that's actually to go to Highclere, there are quite a few tours that you can take from London, from London to get there. Um, alternative, you can take the train to Newbury, Newbury think, yes. and then and get a taxi to Highclere. But again, if you're driving, it's it's an easy one to um, just make sure that you book your tickets, that you can get into the car park there and and do the tour that day. So highly recommend that one. And there's a very good gift shop there as well with lots of related. Uh, oh yes, I, I, I bought lots and lots of Downton Abbey <laughs> merchandise for my friends in Australia who are also fans. So our fourth one, we're back up to Scotland again. I feel like we're going England, Scotland, England, <laughs> Scotland. So our fourth one is actually the a place that we stayed in. And it was a glamping pod that we chose to stay in the night before we caught the ferry to the Orkney Islands. Um, so we'd been doing the North Coast 500 route, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. But we decided to try something a little di bit different for ourselves. And that was to book something, uh, a glamping pod. Actually, there was not a huge amount of accommodation to choose from in that particular area um but it really appealed and we loved it yeah it, again it ticked a lot of boxes because we're catching the early uh, morning ferry to the orkneys and so this place was about 40 minutes away i think 40 50 minutes away yeah. from, and it was off the uh, main road and it was just it was just unbelievable it was so different to what we expected um there was a guy running the uh, Running the pods, uh, looking after them. <laughs> he was just so, he was like a farmer and he was just so helpful, just could not do enough for us. He had a, um, another little like, um, coach yeah. wagon. Yeah. Full of all bits and pieces you could buy that you might need. And it was just an honesty box yeah. for everything. Yeah. And there was another young couple there as well. We, we chatted to them. And then there was wildlife all around us. There was, was deers, deer everywhere, wasn't there? Absolutely yeah. just deer. And, and the next day when we drove, we had to catch the <laughs> – yeah, you're going to laugh at this. We, we had to drive to pick up the – catch the ferry um, from Gills Bay over to the Orkneys. And literally every bend that we went past, there was just a huge herd of deer. And every time I get my phone – to, to record, there'll be nothing. And then I put my phone down and go around and there'd be a huge herd of deer. So I have absolutely no footage of this, but it was incredible. I've never seen so many deer in my life. And in fact, the night before we were sitting in the glamping pod, there were, there were deer on the in the fields around us. All around us, yes, yeah. That's right. um, so that was the Wee Hoose glamping pod. I will put a, a link to that. So if you plan to do the North Coast 500 um, and you're going to do that kind of that route, that would highly recommend to oh, stay there. And if you want something a little bit different to mm. your run the mill, hotel rooms 
um yeah oh yeah recommend. absolutely um so i'm gonna hand over to doug completely for number five because this is something i didn't experience for number five i went to anfield and those of you know your english football or soccer as some people call it um liverpool football club is the best football team on the planet <laughs> um i am slightly biased but no it, the whole experience we managed to get to anfield with a good friend of ours um uh, mark who's also appreciates good football and we went up to watch uh, liverpool play in a, a pre-season friendly game okay they lost uh, unfortunately but that whole the whole experience we just had a great afternoon great evening yeah. we did yeah and it's just somewhere i always want to go back to because the atmosphere of the ground the liverpool fans are famous for their singing and uh, the support of the team so obviously if um we've got football supporters in the in our facebook group as well and obviously probably listen to this podcast as well so you know if you do arrive out of season there are um quite a few of the grounds do offer tours of the grounds um trying to get tickets for um premiership matches football matches football yeah. matches yeah. can be quite difficult but again i've got i've got an uh, an article on the website which i'll link to which kind of talks about that about how the best places to kind of source tickets for premiership matches yeah because the atmosphere is really really fantastic something a little bit different if, even if you're not a huge football fan i could definitely recommend going to because you know, it's a good afternoon good evening yeah yeah absolutely and um so we're gonna go back up to scotland again um and our sixth choice was actually the north coast 500 drive which is a scenic very famous now scenic drive around the north coast of scotland um, hence it's called the North Coast 500. It starts in Inverness and ends in Inverness. Um, and we joined it um, just, uh, we came off the Isle of Skye and we kind of joined the road there. Um, the first part of it that we did was um, quite infamous Apple Cross, which I didn't drive. I think I sat silently screaming while Doug drove it. It is a road that is closed in the winter because the roads are basically treacherous. treacherous yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you drove that, didn't you? Yeah, it's pretty hair-raising, but you know, I'm quite a slow, steady driver, and I am obviously familiar with driving on the left. But everybody was courteous, taking it really slowly, but it, it's worth it. The, the, the scene is just breathtaking. Yeah, and again, I've not got much video of this because most of the time I have my eyes shut. Um, <laughs> and we did, she did exactly the same when there was a few deers crossing in front of yeah. us. And she missed them every yeah, single time. Yeah, well, you know, that's how it is. <laughs> I, I will get better with my take of videos, I think, but... Um, but yeah, Apple Cross was, it was, it was amazing. The whole North Coast 500, the one thing I, I think I learned from it, because we did it in a short period of time, is that I would take longer. I think we spent maybe three days doing it. I would I would put that out to a week and really explore it and really enjoy it. Um, the roads, I mean, we were there in May. There was there were lambs all over, weren't there? There were so many lambs. Yeah, and that's right. The, the, there's so many places to stop, and it's just wall-to-wall fantastic scenery. And obviously... You could keep stopping permanently. You would not get very far. <laughs> I think, to be honest, that it kind of blew my mind a bit um, because I'd never seen scenery like that. Um, you know, and I, obviously I, I love Glencoe in the Scottish Highlands, but going that further north, it's incredible. The scenery is just, it was like being in another world. It really was really very, very special and highly recommend it if you've got the time and you want to do a driving trip around Scotland that you do incorporate the North Coast 500 in. Okay, obviously, like spring, summertime, I wouldn't recommend doing it um, out of those seasons because it, I mean, probably from March time, but you'd have to check the weather forecast because those roads were talking single 
Balfour Road, you have to pull over. That there are stopping uh, zones and you kind of pull in. So you've got to be aware of kind of, you know, your surroundings and yeah, careful when you're driving. There's also passing places, but some of the passing places, there's not much clearance after you pull in, particularly if there's um, a camper van, camper yeah. van coming in the opposite direction. Yeah, and there was some... Just, you've got to be patient. That, that's the name of the game. Quite quite interesting kind of drops. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was... Uh, so we're going to stay in Scotland um, for number uh, seven. So we're actually going to talk about um, the Isle of Skye. So the Isle of Skye in itself is an experience, honestly, and somewhere we really highly recommend that you visit. It is very touristy. It is very popular. But there is a reason because it is magnificent. We did not have the best best weather when we were there, but it didn't really matter. We just thoroughly enjoyed it. And what a, again, I'm going back to accommodation. We There's lots of different accommodation options on Skye, but we decided that we wanted to stay in a guest house, uh, bed and breakfast, and we stayed at the Lock Air Guest House, which is on Lock Air. But what was special about it was um, was the the lounge area. Yeah, the, the, it was so social. It was the um, the couple uh, running the guest house. They were incredibly welcoming. Yes. They could not do enough for everyone. Um, and things like um, washing, which becomes a, you know an issue when you when you're traveling around. But they actively encouraged people to ask and help. Yeah, and, you know. But the uh, they had one. It was like a lounge area and. We just had some fantastic. We lost, we lost hours in there. Yeah. The, the um, because there was people people from so many different countries. There was um, there was Americans, there was Canadians, Canadian. Germans. There was a Dutch couple yeah. and a few Scottish yeah. people, and then us being English. Yeah. Um, but it was such common ground. Everybody talked about the travel experiences, not just in Scotland but all around the world. It was just such a shared. It was. It was really yeah. lovely communal area, and especially being out in the day, and then to sit and have a drink and a chat in the evening. So that was that was a real highlight, actually. Um, and also the views from there were uh, were stunning. So we've we've actually been talking about next next summer's travel, and we have talked about Sky, and we will absolutely go back there again. It wasn't too far out of Portree, but in a in a beautiful area. Um, so highly recommend it. And I say the couple who are running it. Fantastic, amazing. If you hear this podcast, we we absolutely loved it. So thanks so much for our stay. So actually now I'm gonna go on to number eight, which is again accommodation. It's it's funny, isn't it? Some accommodations really stood out. And we again alternative, I guess, is we stayed on a shepherd's hut on Bodmin Moor in Cornwall. Now, this was a van a fantastic experience because we're on the moor, which again is a very different landscape. But, you weren't sure about that when we are talking about it initially, were no, you? No, no, I wasn't sure. I was like, mm. It was a bit bleak and a bit... <laughs> I thought it was going to be a bit bleak, but it's not. It's be- It was beautiful. Again, yeah. just there was ferns everywhere and there's wild ponies. The sunrise and the sunsets oh. were staggering. Yeah, and, and there's wild ponies. So, you know, you, the sunsets and sunrises are great. Again, you're driving over the moor. There's there's the wild ponies, I'm going to say that a third time, yeah. which were I just thought were lovely. Obviously, they're wild, so you don't go near them. But again, just having that experience, I say that he felt kind of immersed in it and surrounded by it. And also, I think it's pretty good for dark skies for photography. Well, I mean, the, the reason we chose uh, Bodmin was because it was a central area in Cornwall. Yeah. So when we decided on the places we're going to visit all around um, Cornwall, it just seemed like a perfect choice. And it just, again, ticked the boxes for us. And it was the Shepherd Talk was so different to the glamping part. Yeah. Uh, equally small, but different. Yeah, and um, well equipped. Oh yeah, Every, again, everything, had, yeah. everything was there. Yeah, and 
a little bit isolated, but that's just what we wanted yeah, at that point. Yeah, you know? we did want that little bit of kind of time. And, and yeah. you know, you got that. You could come back. We, we spent most of our days out anyway exploring, but when he came back, it was lovely. And obviously, um, one of the advantages of travel in the UK in the uh, summer months is that it's very late, um, very late. It's very light, very late in the day. So, you know, you have a lot of hours of daylight. Um, so you can still be sitting there, half at 10 o'clock, and, and it's daylight. So, that was, you know, really good. It was a really good actual base to explore Cornwall too. So our number nine is something that um, we'd never done before, which was, and it's in London, which was <laughs> a photo shoot. So it's the first time we're going to mention anything in London, was a photo shoot with Domi of Scaling Studio, who I um, talked to in episode it's 16 of the podcast. So Domi talks all about um, how she does her photo shoots in London and how you can book them. Um, and she invited us to do a photo shoot with her. And we had so much fun. Oh, it's just an unbelievable. I was quite nervous. I'll be honest, it was like sitting in an exam beforehand. I thought, <laughs> I'm, I'm not very photogenic. And uh, people who know me know how shy I am. And um, it was just not – I was totally unprepared. Yeah. But, oh, Tracy, said we had such a good laugh. Um, Domi was just so relaxing and – very patient, particularly with me, and um, oh, it was just so a joy. much fun and so good at making us feel relaxed yeah. and enjoy it. And obviously, <laughs> she knows the parts of London and the best places to go to have your photos taken. Um, and a, a wonderful memory of our trip because uh, we had some uh, lovely photos taken, and you know we, we're going to get one or two of them put on canvas. And I can't honestly, I cannot wait to go back next year and have. Some, another photo shoot in different areas. In fact, I've just booked my daughter on. She won't know this, but I've booked her on a Christmas photo shoot this year because she's back over in London with her partner. So, yeah, just an absolutely fantastic experience to do. Something, a really great memories to have. Domi, will, if you're a bit nervous about having a photo shoot, she will make you feel relaxed and she will take fabulous photos. She's a very nice person yeah, and just loves what she does as well. Makes it even easier. She does. Yeah. And I, All right, so uh, number 10 actually is... We've kind of, this is something I didn't go with Doug to this, um, but I thought, you know, rather than me talk about all my kind of favorites, that Doug would, he wanted to choose some himself. So this was, I actually sat in in Wimbledon um, listening or watching the tennis um, for the day in a, in a pub with some friends while Doug went down to Dover. So I wanted a, a train fix on, on my own, to be honest. So yeah. <laughs> um, leave Tracy talking and drinking no i didn't say that um, <laughs> and, and drink but i wanted a train journey and the, the logical place i wanted to go wasn't too far away was to see the white cliffs of dover and i could not have picked a better day it was hot sunny and beautiful blue skies and so i caught the train back into london and then i went from london down to dover and it's a very easy journey and then i went to the furthest point by taxi to the lighthouse and then i took I've walked every single uh, path that there is on the White Cliffs area there, uh, down towards the visitor centre. Before I set off, though, I, in the windmill, they say we might lighthouse. <laughs> I had to have a cup of tea and some Victoria sponge, which I do like. Yes, yes. So it was just unbelievable. The 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 footpaths go a little bit difficult in places because a lot of uphill and downhills, and it's quite loose uh, gravel. Uh, but the um, yeah, the the views and the photos I took were pretty yeah, good. Yeah, well, excellent. You took some pictures yeah, and you got yeah. some some people walking along the way as well, taking photos. You asked them or they asked you, didn't they? So. Yes, it seemed to be the, the way that particularly people walking on their own is very social. You know, take photos and, you know, 
they're each other in videos mm. that people want. Yeah, it's really nice. So it's really good. So so that we've kind of covered 10, 10 different experiences. We've got it, you know, from a train trip to, you know, a, 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 a castle to three types of accommodation that we really enjoyed. Yes. And, uh, you know, the photo shoots, so quite a few different. That's right, different things. We could do it easily, do another 10 <laughs> as well, um, because there's just so many elements of the whole trip that we, we just thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah, very easily. If I start sitting, I'm going to start thinking, well, actually, yeah. the trip to Vindolanda and walking, you know, part of the, the Hadrian's Wall was another highlight. I mean, honestly, right. the trip over to Paris and the Eurostar, taking the Eurostar is always great yeah. fun. We really enjoy that. You know, lots of the, we had a lovely tour around the Houses of Parliament in London, which again was, that, that was just superb. fascinating. Absolutely and just York again, you know, many times we've been to York and it, every single time it's just special. Yeah. So special. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and then, you know, uh, punting along the River Cam in Cambridge again would be, uh, honestly, we could do, we could do another 10 without really thinking about it. <laughs> um, but those were the ones that kind of sprung out at us um, as our as our main ones. In fact, actually, I'm going to add a bonus one, number 11, and I'm going to put that um, trip down the River Cam in Cambridge uh, a punting because I'd never done that before. Um, and I just, and again, we, we were very lucky this last summer that the weather was spectacular. And that was great because you, you see all the backs of, it's called the backs, I think you see all the backs of all the colleges, um, which is a great way to do it. And then you go into some of the, the famous bridge, like the mathematical oh, bridge. The, the the guy who does the punt, I don't know yeah. what, you call what do you call somebody who does the punt? I don't know, punter? Is he a punter? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was so knowledgeable, wasn't yeah, he? He was, he was a good storyteller. He, he really, really made it fun as well, he didn't he? Yeah. So, so, so much for the top 10. I've, I've kind of given you the top 11. Top 11 now. But anyway, <laughs> so anyway, thanks for listening to that. I'm sure if you've got any, you've been to the UK and you've got some of the experiences that you want to talk about, why not pop over and join our UK and London travel planning a Facebook community? That's a mouthful. And come over and share that because we love talking about, only we're talking about planning our trips to the UK, but also sharing our experiences and knowledge of the things that we've really enjoyed when we've been traveling around. Yep. Share your experiences. They may be different to ours. Yeah, and we're always looking for more inspiration. Everybody's yeah. looking for more travel inspiration. Come on and tell us what it is that you really, really loved about your experiences traveling around the UK. Um, you can find the um, links to all the places that we discussed in today's show notes at uktravelplanning.com uh, forward slash episode 21. Thanks so much for listening. If you want other resources and information, do check those out on our website which is again at uktravelplanet.com if you've enjoyed this episode please do leave a, a review and um, a rating on your favorite podcast app um until next week next week i think that just leaves us to both say happy uk okay. travel, travel planning, planning. <laughs> happy uk travel planning for both of us bye for bye. now Thank you.